0: got me for
1: a soundbite at one stage for wow you've got a good memory i've passing. hit record, i've hit record because i wanted to capture that actually because that shows that you've got a really good memory yeah um me and the wife and the little boy oh, wow. um we did we, we hide one of your canoes and it was really funny uh because um my history is i was i was in okay so i was in the um the army cadets when i was younger and we used to do a lot of kayaking and canoeing hey. and stuff, and I got quite adept to it. I really enjoyed it. You know, it was a good, good time in my life. Um, and uh, when we went on these uh, the, the, the 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 canoes that you've got it was rocking like crazy. I had my phone, I had a bag full of stuff and I was kind of like, do not knock the boat over. <laughs> I was like proper panicking. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's
0: a side effect of whenever you have more than, um, when, when it's yourself just in a boat, it's um, you have only yourself to blame and you're yourself yeah. steady. Whenever um, you have two people in the boat, uh, it just takes that few moments normally to um, settle into it. Um, and whenever you add a few kids in on it, well, that's a random factor that sort of, um, you know, it's like trying to keep kids steady at the best of times. <laughs> let alone whenever you're trying to figure out the uh, balance in a boat, um, but yeah, generally, as to say, it's it's something that for most people they eye in quite quickly on. It's normally their own nervousness that causes the uh, any twitchiness that's in the boat. Yeah. Um, so you know being able to relax and it allows you to sort of allows the boat to settle much quicker yeah, um, yeah
1: yeah i mean this is what i got taught i mean um years ago okay so i had a, a a real uh a real fear of like water i couldn't see the bottom of swimming pools fine like lakes and rivers things like that i had a terrible phobia of okay so when i was younger and we were in the cadets i think i was about 13 14 they used to take us out on the kayaks and they used to take us out in like big batches big groups and um, yeah, and we would they would just train us to do. But what what they would do is they they get everyone to hold onto the to the canoes or the is it canoe or kayak. I can't remember the kayaks. I think.
0: Well, the kayaks are the single uh, boats where you tend to be sitting in it with your feet out in front of you yeah. and a double-bladed paddle. Yes. Um, canoes are the normally two-man boats where you're more sitting up on a seat and you've got the one-bladed paddle
1: ah okay That's so the what we would affirmation
0: between the two um and generically it gets called canoeing so it's
1: um <laughs> so if you're really anal about it, it's like uh-uh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it is one of them ones i, I do
0: get people calling up about wanting to, to hire a car for two people and it's like well okay i only have canoes but it's just it's a uh, yeah it's, it's one of them ones whenever you're in the know i suppose um you, you um, get a about, it's a big well. blue boat. Just give me the blue boat boat. The, the definition is, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, these kayaks, anyway, they would get everyone to hold on to each other's. So they cr- create like this raft of like, you know, so 12 or 13 yeah. things in a row. And they would encourage the cadets to get out of their boats, run along the thing and jump off into the water. Now, the first right. year I did this, I was kind of like, no, 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 no. no. I will so rigid in this boat. I'm not moving. And we did a bit. And then by the next year, I wanted to challenge myself. So I got up and did it. And it was one of the most liberating moments of my youth because i was kind of like "Ah, oh, it's actually not that bad and then i would go on to extra courses to do kayaking we would i would train up we would learn how to do capsized drills we'd do all sorts and it like taught me not to be scared of the war anymore so like uh, kayaking actually uh, really helped me you know, it was really cool. Uh, but enough about me. Uh, let's do- <laughs> let's talk about you, Nigel. <laughs> right. uh, we've we've run straight into the show, but I want to welcome everybody to the uh, the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Uh, obviously, I'm your host, Alex Whiteley. You you hear me every week, and joining me today is Nigel from uh, Shrewsbury Canoe Hire. Um, thank you for joining me, and uh, I'm sorry that we had to change plants again and then again and then again. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, to explain to the, the listeners, uh, we were, we were supposed to, we were going to go out in one of the, one of the canoes, uh, we were going to record the interview, literally on the boat, on the river, and it was going to be really cool, it was a really uh, great concept for a show, but obviously the weather happened, and uh, we couldn't do that, so we, then we were going to go to the studio, then the weather got even worse, and I was kind of like, can we just do Zoom, and you were generous enough to just say thanks, so... Um, so Nigel, um you've got you've got a beautiful uh, accent. Uh, obviously uh, you I take it from the island.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I think what it is now, it must be twenty five years ago now that I, I came over to Shropshire. Um I had worked in the outdoor industry before that, so I'd worked sort of around Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Um I, I came to Shropshire for six months and um, probably never leave. Um yeah. Ended up um, staying here. Um, certainly, a nice part of the country. So I could have been worse for myself.
1: Yeah, it does have that effect on you.
0: a lot of people. Yeah, it's it's uh, often related to being um, Shropshire's to the rest of England, as Canada's to America, so to speak. It's it, it's got a a quietness about it that sort of um, goes off to the big lights without being anywhere near them at the same time. Um,
1: yeah. It's much better to be uh, It's like the, Shire. the
0: countryside than townships, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah. Little pockets, little villages, uh, little places where you can go to hide if you really wanted to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and, and I suppose from uh, doing
0: the type of activities I do, I've got wheels on my, my doorstep. It's uh, a nice battle, um,
1: direction as well, i I was talking about on a show last night actually i was talking about um how kind of big cities for me are are great to visit but i wouldn't ever want to live in one you know i i I wouldn't want to be quite super rural but i wouldn't want to be like super in the city either um so shropshire yeah it's got that perfect balance i think for me that's perfect for me um and uh so yeah so how long because you doing lots of outdoor activities was it was it um just like canoeing and things or was there a bit of a mixture of things that you used to do
0: um I was one of them kids that grew up and I, I wasn't anyway. any way, um, I didn't do any sports, I, 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 I detested football and all of that type of thing, so I, I refused to sort of do anything of that and it was a a, a chance thing through the school when I was 14, um, I obviously grew up to the backdrop of the problem in Northern Ireland. Um, it was um, just a come and try it session that was done through the school and then I up on a November morning, and went out in a kayak and got about five meters out and capsized myself <laughs> and dragged myself back out and jumped back in the boat and went out and done the same rafting game you talked about uh, and had a good time and never thought any more of it and um, a couple of weeks or a month or so later I get a letter saying that um, it apparently had been um trial thing that they were doing, and they were looking kids to take part in a cross-community venture. And so there's some 600-odd kids that put through these trials, and they picked uh, 100 off as they picked to go and do a, an extra weekend away, so I went and done the extra weekend away. Um, and out of that 100, then they picked 20 off as Catholic, and Patterson, uh, as a cross-community venture to go off to the uh, Pyrenees for two weeks, Wow. And um, part of that, I suppose, they they would have trained us up a bit more in kayaking skills and that, um, and it introduced me. It took me from the the flat water stuff into the white water stuff, and we went out to the Pyrenees and had a, a wonderful two weeks. But both it was as much the road. I think a week off it was the the, the road trip there and back again, and a week out there. I think was the way it worked out. But it all feels like the one big adventure. Um, and I came back from that, and I joined the local canoe club, and uh, the local canoe club was very much about filling you up and getting you qualified, and then letting you or making you train the next batch that comes up, so I I very quickly um, just had a knack, not a knack for it, but I certainly had a an ability to do it and, and it was something i enjoyed it was something so different from the rest of everything else that was going on around me it was a it felt very sort of out there extreme uh, in the sense of just as a an activity to be doing it, um, and nobody else was doing it in my area type thing it was such an unusual thing um, and yeah i became quite highly qualified from an early age i was before i was even Uh, 18, I had instructorships and I had advanced water leading uh, qualifications Um, and that allowed me to whenever it came to sort of almost leaving school and going out into the big bad world, it allowed me to sort of go, well, this outdoor lark seems a bit of fun, it seems more, rather than doing a 9 to 5 Monday to Friday job, working on a building site or whatever other options was open to me at the time um, the, the idea of being out Doing adventurous activities and working with groups much more appealing. So that's pretty much what I I went and done from the moment I turned eighteen. And I, um, as I say, I ended up took me around the country working in different centres. And although I did dabble into everything from rock climbing, hill walking, um, mountain biking stuff, um, canoeing was the only one thing that ever stuck with me that I always uh, kept following the path of, so to speak. kept continually uh improving on doing different qualifications and um uh, as we talked earlier about you know the fact that yes there's kayaking but i also as i say now i'm as equally as highly qualified in canoeing um i've had quite a bit of sea kayaking in my time um i'm wow. paddle paddleboard so there's quite a lot of different avenues to it and it's, it's one of the things whenever i, I get the stage of like say mastering one i tend to then turn my attention to another one and work your way up the the, the, the greasy coal that is the trying try to become more and more qualified um Sounds never a seems to be never ending but it's-
1: all these all these like um action style adventures and then these these sports that you take part in it must make life real dull because they're really exciting things to do like uh, going to the post office, going to the supermarket, these sort of things—I <laughs> can just imagine, like, because <laughs> you do all these things. It must. It must oh, wow, I think it's fantastic. Um, uh, but- It's—it's—it can be. I mean, I uh, I
0: think it's like anything you do in life. That uh, you know, if you're doing it all the time, it's not to say it becomes mundane, but it it's sort of—it's—it's it's the norm for you. So, um, yeah. These days, I say I spend half my life. Uh, running the canoe hire, spending other the winter half of uh, the year doing um, working as a coach. So my winter season tends to be doing things from rescue courses on white water, where I spend a couple of days sort of chest deep in cold, frigid water, teaching people how to stay safe, how to rescue themselves, how to rescue other people, how to rescue boat equipment, how to generally stay safe in the water whenever they're out doing their. Um, their sport for the you know themselves um, uh, again coaching qualifications, personal skill qualifications where you're you're just teaching people how to how to become better at what it is they've chosen to do. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's one of them things that um, it's a, var- a varied life in that sense. Um, yeah. You're always meeting new people, um, but I suppose if I'm doing what I'm doing right, I, I it, it, it should be well within. Um, well within a safety confines of, of you know the risk to somebody looking on is high but the risk of doing it whilst you're there is low um, uh, yeah it's uh,
1: it's it's fantastic but I mean like there's, there's uh, what you've described to me is like three different tiers of, of of what i would call fear right because when you're when you when you're learning to, to use a canoe or a kayak or whatever it is, you've got to get over the fear that you're going to come in, into any danger and then when you yeah. come to the point where you are training other people or letting other people use your bring taking like groups out into the water you'll fear that they're going to be in trouble you know you've got to look after them and make sure they're okay yeah. and and now the third tier right the way i'm describing it is now you're teaching people how to save lives as well and I, so like you've, you've gone from one step to another how do you how do you get over those fears you know I, I mean it might not be not like a, a normal fear for you because you seem like you're like let's just do this you know but for a normal person it must be quite difficult
0: um you do end up having to manage people's fears um I suppose maybe you're taking whether it's the beginner that's in the water or whether it's somebody that's doing white water where they come to a drop or something and they're they're afraid that they can't do it. Um, it. It's about managing risk, I suppose. It's mm. about um, being able to identify where the, the risk or the dangers are. Um, but, you know, from a beginner's point of view, you're able to reassure them that, look, I'm going to be right here beside you. If anything goes wrong, I can hand back up within a couple seconds. Um, Know, the, the normal response from them is, "Oh, but that's a feel like a lifetime under well, the water." And it's like, "Yeah, but you know, you know, you can hold your breath for ten seconds. Well, I'm going to be there and have you up in two. You know, and it's a, it's a it's about reassuring them that way. Um, you know, for, again, whenever you take it to the other extreme, where people are sitting up a drop, and whatever reason they're deciding they they're unable to do it, or they're not feeling they want to do it. Um, you know, the, 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 it's a softly, softly approach towards them. You've, you've got to get them to sort of, it, it's no good forcing somebody uh, into yeah. it because if it all goes wrong, it then just uh, reinforces the fear that they've got. Um, a lot of time in uh, sort of any canoeing sport, doing battle with head games of sort of, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling as if I can do this today. Um, you know, one of the simple ways of dealing with that is, you know, well, how many times have you done it before? Oh, I've done it loads of times. How well, many times does something go wrong? Well, very rarely, not at all, right? So, you know, the, the fear, you, you're trying to make the fear be a bit irrational, which is, well, fears can be irrational in that yeah. sense. Um, and again, if you're able to um, highlight the, the way that you've minimized the risk, you know, um, again, in a white water environment, if we're doing something that's difficult, you would normally have, safety set up down the river. So we've got a person there with a throw bag to rescue. If something happened there, there's somebody there ready to help you there. Um, sometimes it'd be a case of, um, you know, all the leader As in you just behind me and follow my line down and you go all behind you. And again, it's, it's that repetition of actions of the more times that do something, the more times that to do something successfully, um, the, the, Reduces the fear factor in it in the sense of well actually I can do this I've done this before um, and, and, and many as a person has sort of come from being a, a fearful person and having anxieties about it to now they're uh, you know three four five years down the line they're now a, a, a whitewater leader in their own right and now they're in the position they're meeting the people down and they're having to do the soft or talk to get them to to do something that they feel within their, you know, with, within their ability. Um, it, it's, again, I suppose that's one of the things that's been um, a leader in these things. It's been yeah. able to assess what somebody's ability is. Um, no point sending a beginner down white water. Um, you know, the, the outcome is inevitable in that sense. But, um, I, you get... know, if somebody's gone through steps of stuff, they will have the skills and ability to do stuff. So,
1: I was just, I was just talking about leadership with my wife. Actually, we were just having this just random conversation, and I was like, "A leader is a guy that can walk into a house that's on fire and be calm." You know I was just kind of like they know what to do they know what you know um yeah and i I did an interview a, a, a few weeks ago and we were talking about um the fight or flight reaction um i i would set up a zoom um interview for the wrong time because i got the um the coasts on America mixed up right so uh, she's sitting there waiting I'm, I thought it was meant to be like three hours you know ahead and i'm like, oh my god, I panicked right, and where i'm sat right now I've got my laptop, my webcam my mics and stuff and, and bits here i'd literally panicked. And for some reason, my laptop ended up on the sofa. My microphone hit the oh, or there was something that was over there by the microwave in the kitchen. I just completely panicked, so I know that if I was ever in a situation that you're putting daily or you know especially when you're training i I wouldn't be useless <laughs> I would be useless but but after years, it must get easier for you because you spot the signs. The, the the cocky guy that thinks he knows what he's talking about, the shy person that actually is is quite strong, or you know the, these kind of characteristics that you learn over the years.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is that case. I mean, I think one of the the lessons I remember getting early on in my career, and I still use it to this day, is where where you're faced with a scenario that's just completely out of what. When I'm on the river, I know what to expect. I've seen most of it before, so you know where somebody's going to go over that, you know where somebody's going to have trouble at, and, and you've already planned for that, you've yeah. already set up ways to... It's the things that that happen that you don't expect. Um, the, the one that springs to mind is that uh, we were paddling down a river um, North Wales on the lower Twern one day, and um heard this crash noise to our right, and As we looked across, we saw a gap in the field, and we saw a car coming to the rest in the the field on its side. Um, And basically the person had driven off the road through the ditch and landed in the field. Now, you wouldn't have seen it other than they heard the noise that got our attention to it, and people on the road hadn't noticed it because they were still driving past. And just, uh, just pure luck that we happened to be in the right place at the right time. And we've obviously pulled up our boats and we've gone up to, to this car and it's it's on its side and the bottom of it or the underside of the car is facing us. And I, and I still remember at the point where it got to the, the front of the bonnet of the car to sort of look in to see what... I remember just pausing for that second or two just to pose myself. Before I, you know, it's, I went, in, went on ahead to see what I was about to see, if that makes sense. Um, and I think it's a bit like you're saying with the guy that runs into the house. It's... Um, for me, about running into the house was I would actually be pausing for a second before I go in, just to gather thoughts. You know, um, and, and, and so it's using that same ability. Sometimes the, the the rushing headlong into things isn't what you want to do. You're uh, one of the the, the safety uh, things that we teach the uh, priorities and safety uh, for rescue is um, self, team, uh, victim, equipment. Um, and your list of priorities, and so whatever happens in front of you, the first thing that goes in your mind is self, i safe is is where I'm at safe, is what I'm about to do safe. Then is the rest of the team that's with me safe, you know? And if that means right guys all stand over there somewhere out of the way, that's it And then the third option, the third uh thing on the the priority is actually the person you're trying to save. Um, you know, because if you haven't dealt with the first two, then you're only creating more casualties or putting yourself at risk. Um, so having that sort of presence of mind to actually pause before you do anything in that sort of um, extreme, adventurous, um, life-threatening situation is normally it it it, it saves more injury, more uh, more wrong happening if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, just always pausing.
1: So the, the, the hero that goes rushing into the fire to save the baby isn't as selfless as you think. Self was first on the list, actually. As. <laughs> well, you know, by, by
0: pausing and thinking about himself, he might think of grabbing a fire blanket. You yeah. know what I mean? It, 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 that, that difference, I suppose, is uh, having that moment to go, actually, if I grab this first, that might be a bit of help to me, rather than sort of just going gun-hold. I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm talking about, I don't mean I sit down and a five-minute sort of deep, thought about it I, you know it, it's a it, it's a second or a fraction of a second process but yeah, yeah. it's just uh just to reset your brain and again because a lot of these times when something happens that you, you do it, go back to your fight or flight uh, reaction you do have a habit of sort of you're you're running in and it's um you're, you're being pushed on by adrenaline and you know when you arrive whatever it is you're probably out of breath your your brain's gone all scatty because uh you've got you're, and everything and adrenaline running through it um so having that sort of little pause just allows you to reset yourself yeah physically and mentally, before you you have to deal with whatever it is you deal with
1: and have you have you had many situations like that with with with, you know groups you've taken out as as a you know been situations where you've had to really just like bam you know be that person
0: um it it happens from time to time on um Higher grade white water, let's call it. So we grade white water from grade rivers from one to six. Um, Grade one would be the River Severn. So you've got very little, no flow going through it. Grade two, you're starting to get some ripples, some rapids and stuff in it. Um, Grade three, you're starting to get little drops and boomers and stuff. You have to, your path through it. Once you get into grade four, it's sort of, um, it's starting to get, bit more full on of itself and um, you've got consequences so it's the consequences of what happens if something goes wrong it, it Is quite hard five um you know it's very difficult to see what a line would be but um messing it up would have quite severe consequences for you um and well i was always brought up that grade six was sort of unrunnable in that context so um Conway Falls or something like that would actually be a grade six. Um, you know, Barry Glen would be a grade five, something like uh, depending on the river level, I suppose the Pound Falls in Scotland um, would be maybe um, been a grade three and grade four as I say, to on, on um, levels Something like um, Jackbill Rapid would be a grade I, I think.
1: so a, a grade five I could say a grade five rapid or you know, waters um, <clears throat> is, it, is it safe to say that it's not always down to common sense to get yourself from A to B because sometimes so, it's unpredictable right?
0: Oh very much so I mean it's it's your, uh, for most people that sort of paddle white water they're happy paddling grade three environment somebody yeah. that's pushing themselves on regards themselves has been very good uh they're going to be paddling maybe in a, a grade 4 environment you'd have to be sort of quite you would have to if you're quite good on your best day you'd maybe consider something with grade 5 or exceptional paddlers would paddle grade 5 but again that would be a very um only people at the very top of their game the sort of uh premier league of whitewater paddlers would be contemplating doing grade 5 so for your average sort of person for your club paddler for your per- person, the boats you all see going towards North Wales on a rainy weekend uh, along the road, um, they're normally going for that grade three, maybe a little bit of fourth summer. So they might be going down a river that's mostly grade three, and it might have a uh, a grade four drop in it somewhere where. They'll see when they get there whether they feel they're up to doing the, the drop that day or whether they might just walk around it. Um, and again, that is always the option is if you're not feeling the love for it on the day, is always to um, like your boat, walk around it and pull it back in
1: below it. On. it's fascinating it's fascinating because you know what i i do think about things like this quite a lot because of my youth because of the things i we did used to go out quite a lot you know and we used to mess about a lot you know we used to do play gladiators you know you get two two kayaks where you that st- someone standing on the two and then you get the paddles and you try and push the other person off you know we used to have fun but like one of my favorite films growing up was uh without a paddle uh it's got matthew lillard um uh, Seth Green, and it's about um, a group of guys that want to go on a kayak trip across America um, and find this treasure. And because of that film, I was always like, "I would love to do that. I would love to go on some some um, I don't know some kayak adventure for a few days, and, and just you know pull up the boats with some tents and then go back out again. I thought that would be amazing. But you know, it's, it's fine <laughs> finding the, the opportunity to do that in the UK, I suppose.
0: Well, it's it's you, you say that. I mean. One is, we, we, we've got that very thing on our doorstep with the River Severn itself. Um, it's a, well, a paddleable area off. It is about 120 miles from Troll down to Gloucester itself. Um, I quite often run um, the, what I call a Severn Challenge uh, going down it and drop uh, people off up and they basically spend five or seven days traveling down. Um, for most people, they're hitting campsites on the way down. There's not that many, but there's enough to be able to do uh, a least distance every day and hit a campsite. Uh, for others that want to live in the more wild side, there's always the option of wild camping. Um, that comes, obviously, with the hazards of a landowner obviously moving you on at any time. So, Get off my property! Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, you, you have got that adventure on your, your own doorstep, and for The the Severn's a very undeveloped river. Uh, When you look at rivers like the Wye, where it's got, um, I don't know, 80, maybe odd, higher companies down it, Um, on a summer's day, at times you could almost walk the length of the the river Wye on top of boats, there's that many. (laughs) The the Severn's just that that way populated. There's only a handful of providers that operate on it, um, and many of times, Said people down the length of the Severn and what they've turned around and said at the end is never saw another boat before the entire week and because you have such these big gaps of between the towns and because it's so uh, so much countryside between um Shrewsbury and Ironbridge, Ironbridge Bridge North um, Bridgeport down to Bewdley, and a lot of the time the river meanders out into the countryside before it comes back in towards the ground. So you, you only ever see people every day or so if that's the way of putting it and you so you can find that sort of almost solitude even in something that flows through the heart of England in that sense. Um i I, would, favorite...
1: I, I would love that. I would absolutely love to do something like that. Um oh, wow. So do you offer that as a package for people then?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean the biggest there's a lot of people that would have their own boats that would look to do it, but their, their biggest problem is the logistics of when you get to the the end, how do you get back to the start? Uh, yeah. Um, so it it was actually born out of uh, had a lot of people contacting me going well nobody will hire me a boat for the week or nobody will do the logistics and when I sat down and looked at it I went well it's you know I can park the car for a week and I can easily bring them to the start and I can easily go down and pick them up again and um, ended up sort of wrecking all the campsites on the way down and creating that list of campsites and then doing so created a sort of my own little guide to the river what they can expect every day as they go through the different parts because the river is very much ever changing it goes from wild to into more um cultural into wooded valleys into you go through obviously iron bridge where you've got all the history there mm-hmm. um are going through bridge north beauty starport it, again they it changes again into more of a um, riverside touristy thing and then you in the lower reaches then you're, you're sharing the, this bigger wider river with a lot of sort of uh, cruise type or you know like a cabin cruiser type things that are uh, both on higher and private so it's it's always changing that way um, uh, and, and down to even you know supposed It's, 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 it's suppose going back to our risk assessment thing of how do you for a lot of people things like map reading can be an issue even though it's a only one direction you really head in but um (laughs) it was always the how do you find them if there was a problem so i've got little trackers i can track the boats with so that if they have an emergency or something being easily able to see where they're at on the river and i'm able to gauge them how well they're doing getting down the river over the week because you know your environmental factors like the you know wind and rain and stuff that can always affect them the headwind for a a day or two well they're not going to make as much distance so maybe we need to look at Changing the pickup points at the end of the week for them, so um, you know all these things sort of come into play. That
1: it was uh again, you know, uh, you being you being the leader, uh coming up with these contingencies, yeah. it must be it must be um it must be exciting for you. I've, I mean, a problem. I mean, but I I, like, I enjoy ch- these sort of challenges. You know, you've got a group of people on the river. You got to make sure they're okay. Here's what we're going to do. You know, this is all you've explained here. I love that. It's fantastic
0: yeah it's um yeah uh, I, I think anybody that knows me knows that i hate hit risk assessing in the context of having to write down risk assessments uh, i think it's more born out of my dyslexia that you know it's just <laughs> general writing that i have in that sense um but i think working in the outdoor industry you, everything you look at you see the risks of it um and you know it, it's if you see it and you identify it well then how are you going to minimize it and you know, I think that's the way my mind is constantly working and it's it's, it's a second nature thing. Um, I think it's no different than any parent where whenever the, they've got a kid running around in front of them and um, the, the kid's going to trip over, uh, they end up picking up the thing or they warn the kid not to trip over it. It's, it's, it's the same principle. It's just, you know, fleshed out into the environment that I'm working in, if that makes sense, that it's... Uh, um, and, and you've, do, as I like, say, experience—you've seen it all before, so you can have a, a fair idea what could happen. And yeah, the past you, experiences uh, and
1: things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, you were saying, it can, it can feel a bit mundane. Uh, I mean, like <clears throat> to explain, like um, I use Bantry, Bantry Bay uh, uh, as an example. Uh, my, my family live in Bantry Bay, and when I used to go there uh, in Ireland, uh, it would be one of the most magical. Places, it's such a beautiful little, little bay in, in the south of Ireland. i'll go see my family but i'll be i would be awestruck out, out of the town but now if i go to bantry it's just like yeah i'm gonna bantry you know <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's because it's turned from this magical little bay i spent a lot of time in to to just bantry uh, does that happen with you do you, do you like the, the sunny days when the the, the birds are out and the, the water's really nice people are having fun does it still warm your heart you
0: know? Very much so. I mean, it's. I'm. I think I'm lucky in the sense that I've always had an enjoyment just being on the water. So it doesn't have to be doing anything hard or extreme, it, it, like we've talked about. It, it's. I'm as happy paddling along a beautiful piece of water, being on the boat, just listening, hearing the water coming past, and the, the water sort of paddle type thing. Um, so, so I, I'm lucky in that sense that I've always enjoyed it that way. I, I, think on the, I do get a pleasure from seeing other people experiencing and enjoying it. Uh, I had, um, at the start back in May when we had the really good weather, um, we were very busy at the time, and for whatever the best part of over a week of that, but, um, just been operating day in day out down in the quarry, and you know the the days almost went quick in the sense. So it's one of the ones when you're that busy, you don't have time to think about what's going on, and you, you you sort of the days went quick enough in that sense. But one day anyway, I managed to um, quite enough, and I just left a couple of members of staff there, and I had gone to do something. I ended up uh, traveling up the up vehicle up uh, out the Ellesmere Road, and I was able to pull over on the side of the road where I had a load of vehicles going past at the time, and I think I made a, a Facebook book post about it at the time it genuinely brought joy to my heart because no. all i could hear was the giggles and screams and squeaks of people <laughs> just out enjoying themselves i having and you know i'd say half of them were squeaking and giggling because they couldn't get the thing to go where they wanted to and the <laughs> other ones were crashing into stuff and you know it didn't make a it made no difference to them they were getting the same pleasure of the experience of just being on the Severn and just getting out onto the, the, the river on a nice day and yeah. experiencing it for what it was. And as I say, it was a very, I, I heard the, the squeaks of joy long before I, I sort of set eyes on who was doing it. And you could, you, you heard it because I had like a, for a, a couple of metres upstream and downstream that I could see. And um, you could hear from all angles so to speak it was coming from you know different directions all the time (laughs) so it was a lovely experience that time I say it's it's something I don't often get the chance to experience because I'm based down in the quarry so I see them at the start and they head off a wee bit tentative and it's not I I guess it must be nice
1: I guess it must be nice for you to just sit there and be like I made this this is happening because of me you know
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of them questions I often get from people, do you need to be experienced? And the reality is, no, you don't, because um, I'd say 90% of the people I send out have never been out in a boat before. Um, And and so you're actually making this more accessible to them. You're making the river accessible to them. You're making the the sport itself of canoeing accessible to them. Um, And they're they're able to go out, and like yourself, they'll have... uh, various degrees of sort of um, sort of enjoyment at the start, depending on how nervous they are. But I, I think as a general rule, by the time they come back, they've always been bringing smiles on their faces. They've always enjoyed it. And they've always quickly sort of got their head around what they're doing and, uh, you know, have, have, have achieved or got whatever they wanted out of it. And as I say, it's normally simply just enjoyment and fun. And that tends to be the really overwhelming um,
1: it did a, it did a weird thing to me because <clears throat> my wife who sat here right now um i was like yeah yeah i did a lot of kayaking and canoe when i was younger i was like i know what i'm doing it's fine don't worry about it you know we'll be, we'll be absolutely fine it was me going stop moving what are you doing you're rocking the boat because i was worried about the kid and the phones and stuff like that because it did a weird thing to me it, it made me flip on my head you know we were talking earlier about the cocky guy who thinks he knows what he's doing and all of a sudden clams up when he's on the boat that was me that was weird for me it was a strange experience yeah
0: i i i get a- a lot of the uh, oh I know what I'm doing yeah. and I know without even asking that I know what I'm doing translates into I spent 15 minutes in a boat when I was 14 at Orthog yeah. <laughs> um, you know it, it's a uh, you know you take it with a pinch of salt and you, you, you've got briefings that you need to do which covers everybody um, but in, in the world I live in knowing what you do is I have a different level of knowing what I'm doing rather than what they think they know what they're doing and it's very very seldom that I genuinely have somebody that knows what they're doing yeah um you know it's uh i think most people have a perception they know what they're doing um and as i say they're quite forgiving the boats anyway so um even if you don't know what you're doing um they, they tend to look after you quite easily anyway and at worst you just have a bit more of a zigzaggy trip rather than <laughs> a straight a to b trip because that's what they putting in it. it's uh yeah, they are fun.
1: They uh, yeah. yeah, are recommended to anybody. Now, look, <clears throat> that first thirty-eight minutes of the conversation was expertly uh, guided by myself, just to give <laughs> give people a bit of a bit. Of, when they walk past you in the quarry and they see you, they be like, "I heard this guy in the biscuit. He knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. He's been there. He's done it." Um, uh, and you know they they might come and see you, uh, which I do absolutely recommend. But um, when did you guys start? When did your when did your company begin in the quarry? Yeah.
0: Um, it was, I think it's five years ago now. This is our fifth year in it. Um, who, so, uh, yeah, we, we started, 15, 15 was it? 2015, I think we started. Um, 2016 would have been our first full proper season at it. Um, yeah, it's, it, it almost feels like a, a long time ago, a lifetime like. ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it can be. I think people always see us on the on more see us more on the hot, busy days rather than the the days like this. Yeah. Um, so depending on how the summer season is weather-wise, kind of a big sort of uh, effect on us that way. Yeah. Um, I, I do get the odd phone call from time to time, going, "You know, if it's raining, you know." Um, can I cancel? And I was like, "Well, you know, raining or well, why cancel it if it's raining?" And I like, "Well, you know, it's just a just a case of bringing a coat. Really, it's the <laughs> I can't set everybody in on that one hot day of summer that we get. So it's a case <laughs> of trying to spread everybody across."
1: Um. And how was it for the first couple of years for you guys? Was there a mad rush towards you guys, or was it just a a, a quiet curiosity of people walking past?
0: Um. It was a. It was a. I suppose a bit of a slow burn because um. It was a new activity in the context of what it was, and people used to canoe hire, but um, I, I started off very much as a turn-up and hire, so it's uh, a case of, you know, you're in the quarry, you fancy doing it, you can just turn up and you can hire a boat for an hour, and out you go and back you come. So it was start stop in the same location. Um, and again, it was a wee, treated a wee bit more as a novelty in that sense, but it was, uh, it, it, it was something being the was certainly an interest there in it's about sort of it's almost that word of mouth thing it's it's hard sometimes when you're starting off and you're trying to yeah. to raise your profile and you're trying to sort of wave your flag and go here i am um <laughs> and again I, I always remember i remember the first guy that the day, first day setting up there was a guy walked past and went, oh are you doing canoe hat and i said you you know when it's my first day um, at least pointing out, oh tell you what I want to go out, I want to be your first customer <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh this is great if everybody's as easy as this then it's going to be great um, but what the overwhelming uh, response tends to be one of oh this is a great idea I- I'll come back with it's a nicer day <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: so it, it's it's as I say you trying to Trying to fit everybody in in that nice day is just next to near impossible. Um, so it's, it's trying to have that spread out over the season, so to speak, rather than a uh, couple of nice days that we do get. And it's, um, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it can be so affected by the weather. I think um, last year was quite a difficult year for us. Um, uh, we had a wonderful yeah. Easter time and May was doing great. And then June came and it started to rain beginning of June and the river pretty much was up in, uh, last year I'd wrote off there just was nothing I got sent
1: out yeah, um, and that, that's the troubling aspect of what you guys do and you like people like you and um uh the the Sabrina boat as well you know like trade gets affected by that river uh with, by the weather and yeah like the end of last year was just horrendous wasn't it, it was well
0: yeah and the same happened through August uh I mean i Started um, operating in the Attingham Park as well on the River Turn there, and um, it is a smaller range of what's acceptable to work within. And so, I remember through August again, I, I was struggling both in the Severn and on the Turn, both locations. Just, just wasn't able to, ha- wasn't safe to hire. Um, I, I got a lot of interest this year after the big floods, and there was a lot of you know, um, you know, oh. Did it affect you and how how badly did it uh, uh, affect you and your business? as so, well, it, it shut me down. It closes me down. Yeah. But I, I don't have any. You know, my my boats go on a trailer. I take them away. It's not that there anything was there to get damaged or a uh, problem that way. But as I would said that after the after the media had long packed up the, the show and gone and the river was still high. It was still too high for m- myself to operate on. Um. And it wasn't too, it, it wasn't, when was it? It was almost into middle of well, it wasn't February, March. It was nearly April before the river actually came down to a low enough level. So the floods were in February. But it was April before it was actually low enough for me to have been able to operate. Um, and, and then as that happened, we had the pandemic that came around the corner. Um, yeah. just a good measure this year so it was um, the, I, I'm very much I uh, often regard myself as being the canary in the coal mine to the River Severn and, and very much I'm always the first to be affected by it and the last to be able to breathe again um, just born out of safety that you know it's uh, I, can't, I can't be sending people out the river too fast A they're not going to get very far and B it's not going to be very enjoyable it's
1: just not this so. yeah and this is this is what you know when the river rising it wasn't just the 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 properties that were damaged d- during the the floods it was the indirect effect it had on people's businesses you know people not being able to go into because they pretty much shut the town down those floods oh um, yeah
0: i mean to so this year this year certainly w- w- was bad um you know and my heart honestly without any businesses it is or households that are affected by it um the but again, it's one of them sort of. It's well, what I, w- I was insured during the Millennium Flood, so um, you know, I remember I remember paddling around the showground and Frankville uh, car park at that stage. So you know, I'm I'm used, not used, but I'm been here long enough to, to have got into the flow of what that river's like when it really does get big and bursts the banks, and um, yeah. I just get affected. I can get affected during the summertime just as easily, just by it's like the, the rain at the moment um it has me looking at the the gauges constantly to see what direction the river is going in and what's and this it's is
1: down. this is like a conversation i had with um so i was speaking to to um, to kerry from bloom in, in Colum. um i've still yet to get her back on the show um because she's reopened but like we were talking and she was like it's raining today and i feel anxious and it seems so stupid to feel scared of rain but when you live that side of town, you can't help it. I mean, people were devastated. Yeah, yeah. People were devastated. Um, but, you, you know, with lockdown, um, you guys were like one of the first out, the, out of the, um, out of the, out of the gates with, as uh, soon as you, as soon as you're allowed to reopen, as soon as Boris said that, you know, people can go out and exercise and um, you were there. How was that for you when you could do that? Was it, was there a mad rush or was it a slow progression? No, no, it
0: was quite a mad rush. I mean, um I, I, I Going back to the start off, it, I saw the writing on the wall where it was going. And as I say, by the time the river got low enough and I thought, oh, I can open up here. I could see it was going to be closed down before that. Yeah. And so I just I made the call at the time that, well, well, we won't open until this dies back. So I hadn't opened at the start of the season. And I was slowly resigning myself to the fact that, well, if I'm really lucky, I might, might get July or August. If I can get just an August out of it, I might be able to scrape something through from... Uh, from the season um, so whenever the, the process of opening up came uh, it was around the 20th of May or so um, I, say, I think as anybody that's trying to open up their business at the minute, it's a case of interpretation of guidelines yeah. uh, and looking at what you do and, and what the risks are and everything else and we were, we were benefited by the fact that we were in the open air um, one of the first things I remember doing was going up and measuring the, the distance between the front and the back seat to find out that it was just over two metres. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I, I was sort of quietly pleased with that, Not that uh, the folks that had the, the, the seats were... So, you know, we, at the start we said, well, it was family groups only, but again, it's a hard thing to police. Uh, I think a lot of it goes down to, you know, um, the, the, the public you're dealing with having to sort of police themselves. And I think if you you've been around the quarry, around anywhere for that matter, you're, there's different people take it to different extremes. There's those that will walk to the other far side of the road on you and then there's other tackles of the young ones and whatnot else that you're going, you're not all from the same family group. Um, so I knew even though if, you know, if it was two people from outside the family group, it would still be okay in the boat. We had to put some cleaning measures in place, cleaning the boats, paddles between use, we spray down going between use with And um, your hands um, being sanitised. I think you're trying to pick as many boxes as you can, like everybody else. Um, The the big factor for us is we're standing in the outdoors, as long as that sort of social distance between each other.
1: Um, Yeah, that was what I was going to ask: was what what have you put in place to make sure it's safe? But it sounds like you've got it all covered.
0: Yeah, well, as I say, it's. because we're dealing with individual groups, so as a group turns up, it's generally speaking, it's normally a family unit that is booked to come in. Um, you know, when it's really busy, then there's a wee bit more management of, right, you know, the second group of Royals, right guys, do you mind standing there? And you just try to manage them that way. I say, for the most part, people are quite good at self-managing themselves. There's um, not to be standing in a group or a gaggle of people that prefer to sort of have that bit of space we've got enough space around us that we're able to do that. Um, and, and we just manage it that way. Um, again, you know, just coming on and off the, 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 pontoon, it's, it's a case of where they're, where they're from different groups. You just make point like, reminding them just to hold back their space. Like, the next yeah.
1: Uh, this is, this is you looking at things that with your, your risk assessment eyes again. It's like, well, we, we can manage this. This is yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, very much so. As I say, it's, um, it's a mix of that and a mix of actual interpretation. I, I found myself um, uh, being one of them people that was, I was getting phone calls and emails from different providers around the country, from, from down south to uh, over Norfolk direction, even the one's in Northern Ireland getting in Scotland getting contact with me because the new ad opened. Um, and uh, they were like, well, how have you managed to do this? Um, and it's, I, I think I was lucky enough in that um, the only people I needed to seek permission of was the town council. And um, as long as I provided them with a risk assessment, um, th- you know, the covered, uh, they were happy enough. Um, and again, you know, the, the way that the operation runs in the outdoors, in the open, uh, it's, it's easy to minimise contact with people and things, and as I say, there's, and I think, the reason why these other people were coming to ask me was that, uh, going back to that interpretation, their local council was interpreting it different than, than my local council was, or their, uh, their boss was interpreting it different from I was. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's people often say, oh, everything's so vague about what it is, and I think part and parcel of the, the government have purposely left it vague, so then it allows you to to degree, make your interpretation of it, but what measures you feel is required in place.
1: Some, um, sometimes, though, you make that commitment where, you, where it means spending money on signage, where it means, like, uh, you know, fuel to get the boats out, all that effort, and then all of a sudden the council be like, "No, what, you, what, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I think once what's, what's things like uh, the council had started the little coffee shop and that was opened, um, once they were allowing people to start to sort of New business again uh, you know um, I was happy enough knowing that well if they're able to do it I'm able to do it it's not yeah. a, um,
1: and did you did you speak I've, to um, other providers and shoes because I know there's like hire a canoe there's obviously Sabrina was affected badly did you guys get together did you guys do you guys speak to each other about uh, what I, be- I
0: would have been in more contact with um, I made my own decision on my own grounds I have and I worked quite closely with Dylan uh, from the Sabrina. Um, he was more affected by it than me because of the enclosed nature of the Sabrina and yeah. the food and drink aspect of it. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I would have been in contact with Dylan at the time and, and, and you know, just certainly felt it from his point of view he wasn't able to open and um, yeah. he, he was looking at me sort of, you know... Um, help <laughs> it wasn't enviously. he was looking at me but as he would always reinforce he, he was glad to see that I was being busy um and you know i think he's seen me enough times when i wasn't busy in the the opening years where you know many of the day i stood there and wasn't busy um that um you know he was happy to see me busy in that sense but i, I was certainly yeah because we we were quite close together on the river we also were um uh, are on the river festival um together so he said he certainly knows to, throughout
1: the year he certainly knows to look out for your for your boats because uh we when we were out there the sabrina came past us and we're like move 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 he's <laughs> <His giant boat laughs> coming towards us he's, i mean he's quite good at not running us over uh <laughs> he's uh... <laughs> well the no, uh, it's um, I just I thought I'd add like the the Sabrina boat is open again now. The, you can have a look on their website and, that, and take a look. They've socially distanced things out there, so you can go out on the Sabrina now. So make sure you check that out if that's what you're. Yeah, uh,
0: it's been quite nice. It, it, it felt actually lonely on the river, it, believe it or not. Although it, it was one of the, the items we always brief about. You know, um, you know, watch out for the Sabrina. Sometimes she could be on the wrong side on you. <laughs> um, at the same time, it didn't feel right not to have her passing every hour. And uh, again, you know. I, I, uh, go on with all the, the captains So every captain happens to be on it you are uh, you almost know which captain it is because we always hear the same little bit of the spit as they're coming back up the river um, as I say we only ever know the one little snippet of every captain uh, they're doing um, so we identify them by the, the talk that they're doing as to whether they're talking about the boss bridge and English bridge and the arches or whether they're talking about coracles or, or something else it's always a that's our way of identifying them rather than anything else but we're it, it's nice to share the river
1: with them yeah and then we um i mean last year we went to oh, we go every year my my, where my wife works they take part in the uh, the dragon race they've got dragon boat races yeah over you know, the the the, uh, the rowing club um and, and that's always a lot of fun <laughs> um you know uh, but look uh, you, you've You've come through the storm now, okay. Things are starting to be relaxed, and you seem to be doing really well. Because we were supposed to go out on the boat, and you're like, "I am rammed. I got no time for this." And I was like, "Good. That's a, that's a good. Uh, that's music to my ears." I yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: was a wee bit more polite than that for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were. You were. You were.
1: Um, we have we've been talking about doing this show for a long time, and, and, and do you know what? If we can uh, get out and do some social media stuff, uh, that's cool. But just to hear your story has been has been really rewarding because you know I've all that hard work, all the training. Uh, and, and all the adventures you've been on um you, you've got your own little your own little slice of heaven now you've got your own little little, little spot in yeah. the quarry um yeah it's nice
0: yeah it's it's as i say it's um it, it's, it's i do feel quite lucky to have that little bit of um the river Severn in the context of being able to utilize it and able to get people out in it and you know, I do feel lucky that you know I've got a, a, a great location for it that actually lends itself to doing what I'm doing, which is you know allowing people just to travel upstream and go and ex- it's one of the beauties of I suppose Shrewsbury and the river. It's uh, you're only 20 minutes upstream and you're really very much leaving Shrewsbury and you're going you're getting that sense of going into the countryside. Um, so it's you know you. You don't have any big slogs to do. you you can quite quickly nip into the countryside, experience, enjoy it for what it is, and you can return back again to the start point. And it's always a swifter journey back, like and um, yeah, you know it's yeah. Be hard pushed to find another location that would be as. um, That's how far we got.
1: I think we got to the Welsh Bridge last time, and we were like, oh, this is nice." let's turn around and go back uh you know because 15 minutes <laughs> up and then 15 minutes down um and it was really nice because well when we we used to live in bellevue and we used to, i used to walk my little boy to the quarry all the time and the sabrina would go past and he'd he'd like to wave to the people and they'd wave back and stuff but to actually row past it uh because that was the closest he'd been to see we never taken him on we should take him on really we should take him on the sabrina, it always much
0: bigger whenever you're whenever you're on the river sharing yeah. the river it and that come past you it's, uh, always seem much bigger yeah. um
1: yeah it's cool um look i'm on your website now i'm looking at it it's beautiful looking website um you guys are on TripAdvisor as well and loads of good reviews there um but i I guess in essence your your main business comes from people finding you in the quarry uh, and giving you some money so they can go on the boat right
0: yeah i mean this year the the models changed different as i said i started originally as a very much a turn up and hire um due to the nature of what's going on i've been pushing people more to booking in advance and so to be honest that's this year i would say 90 percent of the stuff coming from bookings in advance um works much better for me on a lot of levels but it's it's certainly um it it means that i actually am genuinely coaching people to book in advance because like this weekend I'm, as it gets closer and closer and uh, you start to book out on it and it does mean you know uh, i do hate to refuse people that i'm just too busy to do it but um We'll always, and at the moment, I'm saying if you want to make sure you've got a boat, then get online and, and get it booked because that's the, the easiest way to guarantee it. Um, yeah. you, know, you always have the opportunity if there's boats available there. We'll, we'll happily hire you one out. Um, it's just on them on them good days. Um, it becomes much more harder thing to do because it, it tends to be quite.
1: And I, I love how 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 varied your website is because you know when you see someone um, like yourself sat on that spot in the quarry you think it's just oh yeah half an hour an hour but no you, you like you offer like full days and stuff don't you you can hire a boat for a whole day can you still do that during the uh what's happening um I, I,
0: at the minute i'm running a limited service just in the quarry it's uh partly uh worn out of access issues due to the virus um and uh logistics of We've just been so busy in the quarry. Yeah, um, yeah. I've had a lot of ones inquiring about the Severn Challenge, but again, my biggest problem with that this year is that my eighty percent of the campsites are closed to tents.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Because they don't, they, they, they can't do the cleaning of that's required and the toilets and everything else. So that's the big hindrance. So it's it's a lot of outside factors that's sort of limiting my service at the minute. Um, so I'm more at the minute. I'm just. Concentrating on the hour and a half day hires from the quarry, and I'm hoping this weekend to possibly get Attingham back up and running. Yeah, our hires in Attingham as well. Um, which is always a if you've been to Attingham, and you think you know Attingham um, Park. Well, until you've done the river part of it, it opens up, gives you a whole different view of the, um, the park that sort of you would never have seen before. Sounds, um, that
1: sounds great actually that sounds amazing <laughs> i'd love that well um, yeah was, uh,
0: as an interesting side note to that apparently the, the river in it was actually modified because uh back in back in the day of um of the lords and ladies that um you didn't have a, a proper um that sort of them big show gardens forget what the word they call them but you know the um where they've done them large landscape of gardens, uh, like Attingham's got. Yeah, uh, I think what the name of the guy, the famous guy that does them. But, the, uh, yeah. that, um, it it wasn't a proper one unless you went for a walk and returned back to the big house via your own private river, a rowing boat. Wow. So the, the 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 trip in essence is sort of almost. Um, Reconnecting that part of Attingham uh, to its, uh, original design and history, which was, was one of the river was there for the Lord and Lady of the Manor to return from their, their, their daily walk or whenever they walked with the friends around their, their estate that they would return back to the, the house via a rowing boat on the river. Um, so as I say, it's, it, it, access to that river again for people and it's a um, beautiful little river in a sense. Absolutely it, that... rampacked with <laughs> nature as would be the I think it's so well looked after and there's so much wildlife around it that um, it's a completely different experience from the Severn. Um, no, it's it's uh, that's no.
1: such a crazy thing to think about. I mean, people feel feel good about having good Wi Fi and Sky Q. Like that's so elaborate. Let's, let's just, uh, we'll build a river. <laughs> we'll build, yeah, we've yeah, got our yeah. river. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would
0: assume the river was there. I think it was the, the, the let's call it modified the river to a <laughs> it But yeah, the, the it's saying that I'm quite sure there's examples elsewhere around the country where they have built the river. Um, <laughs> You know, it's uh, oh, well. if you have the ability to sort of uh, whatever landscape sort of acres and acres of land and stick in dozens of trees that you're only going to see the proper value of them in a 100 years' time. Yeah. Um, what, what's remodifying the, the, a river? You know, it's nothing in the grand scheme of things
1: um that's fantastic well look guys i mean i would pay I, what i would do is i, I would follow uh, shrewsbury canoe hire on facebook i guess that's where you keep up to date with what's going on when things going to re- open up a bit more for you guys with hattinger yeah and, very much so yeah so listeners you know make sure you give them a follow and give them some support as well because because nigel's he's 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 done it man he's been out and done it he knows exactly he knows what he's taught he's you're in safe hands that's the best way of putting it um <laughs> <laughs> and i'm really glad we got to do this talk because um yes. I, i'm always interested in in this this kind of lifestyle because when i was younger i used to enjoy that sort of thing and now i'm a bit older and a bit more bigger and a bit slower i'm kind of like oh man what could have been yeah, so it was nice to talk about that sort of thing um uh thank you very much for joining me um the website for shropshire canoe hire is uh shrewsbury canoe uk. make sure you give that a look and book same book, yeah. Rather than turn up,
0: yeah. I advise booking certainly at the moment. It's, um, yeah, high season, so booking's always advised.
1: And if you've never done it before, and if you if you're scared, go. You know. Try it, seriously, because i, I got to say, I mean, you're not going to be able to run along a, a, a row of 12, uh, 12 boats and jump off into the, the river like I did. But you're still going to be feel liberated when you've been on a boat, uh, you didn't die, you came back safely and you had a good time. You'll feel really good about it. So I, I do I, I encourage people to try it. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Nigel. I've really enjoyed chatting That's to you. Um, Thanks for I'd like to encourage the listeners to uh, check out our website uh, where our audio is all available. I say that there's about three shows waiting to be released on the website. I'm going to do that in a second. Uh, we are at Um Before I, I do leave the show, I want to say a huge thank you to, to Hickories uh, for, they, they, they invited us for some food so we can help them promote them. The, the fact that they're open. Hickories are, are open again. Uh, so if you, it's an amazing place. If you've never been to Hickories, first of all, shame on you. Um, <laughs> Make sure you check it out because the food is absolutely stunning. It's amazing. Uh, I I asked the uh, the the manager there if uh, if because I'm on the keto diet and she was like keto no problem it's all meat it's fine so yeah, I'm looking forward to that Um and also to the guys at Shropshire Festivals. um I, I did this thing. I, I bought a ticket. I bought a ticket because uh, with cash, even though I'm part of the press and, and I, I get kind of access to the thing. I thought show them some support, and they were like. Alex, what are you doing? Uh, you can come to our festivals. You can enjoy them. You don't have to pay for them. Here's your money back. Keep coming. Keep enjoying. Keep promoting. And I I nearly cried because I'd had a bad day. And I was kind of like, that's really nice. Thank you. But um, I want to say thank you for their support. Um, I'm enjoying covering their events because they're doing amazing things. Those driving festivals are just fantastic. If you haven't booked a ticket to go to one, make sure you go to Shropshire Festivals um uh, shop drive in festivals on facebook and have a look what they got going on um this is going to go out on the wednesdays of the weekend just gone there's a a circus um event and there is a stand-up event they really are using their initiative so make sure you check them out Uh, nigel you've been great thank you so much for joining me no worries thank you very much thank you very much uh uh, shrewsbury canoe hire (laughs) no nearly went there shrewsbury canoe hire make sure you check them out uh guys this has been great we'll catch you guys next time peace out